outside of real estate, I don't know any other space that relies on in-person seminars so greatly in order to grow their business. So this industry that I've been, you know, shouting, hey, digital virtual for years, wrote a book about it um, called Shift, right, which is why it's called Shift Nation. I've been saying, hey, guys, there's a much better way. Now it's kind of forced everybody to come into the virtual space, uh, whether you were ready for it or not. And there's been people like you and the whole Better Wealth team, which is what I love what you guys are doing. Have You, you intentionally set that out. When you got started, you're like, we're going to start this to be a virtual practice we can run anywhere in the world. Right. And kudos to you. You've done that. And there's a small tribe of people that have been doing that, but they are less than, I would say, 3% of the entire insurance or financial advisor population. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to a very, very special Friday Live. Uh, I guess next, last week is going to be tough to beat as, as I announce um, all my engagement. I appreciate everyone who's reached out. Um, we are, April and I are super humbled and excited for the new adventure. Um, but I am so humbled to have my good friend, Je Jeremiah Demaray with, with us. And, and one of the things that I just want to tee you up is we met this last year. We, I think I spoke at an event uh, for financial advisors and you were present. I think you reached out. You had you interviewed me for your book. You're very passionate about virtual, um, not only marketing, but helping financial advisors get back to the 21st century in, in marketing and, and being able to scale. And you've had um, some great success with some virtual summits. I am honored to be a, a speaker uh, at your next virtual summit. February 10th. So if you are a financial advisor, have any friends that are in the financial advisor space or financial professional insurance agent, this is like a, this is a must. This is a must event. And I believe they're going to get a free ticket by um, listening to this and checking out our link. And so with that, Jeremiah, thank you so much for being not only a great friend. Thank you so much for allowing me to be um, a speaker at your event. And thank you so much for being on the Better Wealth Live with me. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I just want to start off by congratulations on your engagement, brother. That is amazing. And, you know, I, I just I wish all the happiness that my wife and I have because I've I've been married for 11 years. And um, I always say this, that if I if all my friends can find a wife that was as great as mine, you know, I I know that you're in for a wonderful new chapter. And, you know, if somebody if you chose her and she chose you, I know she got somebody really special. So wishing you all good wishes in this new chapter, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, offline, I'll have to get the the good, the bad, the ugly, the uh, marriage, <laughs> marriage secrets by Jeremiah. I would, I would appreciate that. Um, so man, one thing that my audience really appreciates, um, mm -hmm. I think, because I do it with everybody, is I love getting a little bit of the backstory because we're going to get into a lot of good things. Like if if someone's a financial professional, mm -hmm. they need to listen to this and they need to check out your virtual event. And because of your generous offer, like they get to do it without any money, which is really, really amazing. So with that, I would love to get to know you. So my audience gets to know who you are as a person. And then sure. let's get into what you're doing, what 2021 looks like, and a little bit more about this virtual event, because uh, you got some you got some big players that are going to be speaking and and presenting. And I'm I'm excited to be a part of it. Absolutely. Let's get started. So one of the things that if, if we were in a, you know, if we were going 
on an elevator all the way to the top. And it was like a, a large, large building, but not that large. And I said, Jeremiah, tell me your life story. How would you, how would you, what, what key points would you want to highlight to give you, to give me context on, on who you are as an individual? Mm -hmm. For some reason, something that keeps coming up in my head is uh, growing up in Montreal where I was born and raised. Uh, my family was in a little, you know, uh, two bedroom apartment. We never, never really had a lot of money. We were, um, you know, but extremely happy. You know, I had two, I have two parents that I'm so grateful were very loving. Um, and one thing that my dad was so good at doing was teaching my brother and I uh, how to take personal responsibility. And man, did I ever hate everything I was going through during that time. Like for, I'll give you an example. So in Montreal, it snows a ton, right? So one of the things uh, my parents one day sat down and said, you know, if you boys could help out with the family expenses, that would be great. And I was 12, my brother was 10. And they were what if you could go out and uh, we could shovel snow? Let's go talk to our neighbors. And it was, that was just our, our family coming together, looking for a way to make ends meet. And so I remember sitting down at the kitchen table and my dad helped me write out a little script on what I would say. You know, I'd go to the door, you know, knock on the door and then I'd have this little script. And I can remember this moment, the first time my, my dad would actually, my dad actually came out with me. I was 12 years old. And it was night, it was after school uh, in a wintry day. And uh, we looked at all the walks that didn't have any, that, that were not shoveled. Mm. And so dad brings me to the first door and it looks dark. So I'm like, yes, nobody's going to be here. So I don't have to say anything, you know? So I'm, I'm walking up. My dad waits way at the back, right? And so he's at the front of the walkway and I go to the door, I knock, nobody's there. I'm so excited because I didn't have to say anything. I'm incredibly nervous. And then he's like, okay, son, takes my hand. We go to the next door and, you know, I knock and somebody opens and I'm so scared. Uh, so I have my little, like, I can remember it's like a little blue note thing. And so I'm here. Hi, my name is Jeremiah. I live down the street at 220 Redfern. And I, and then I'm, I'm doing my little script and I'm offering to shovel walk for $4. And, you know, and then my dad, you know, we, we did part of the block. The next day we did the rest. And that just stood out for me. Like, I don't know why, like that, it's a moment that keeps coming back in my life because I, at one point I turned around, I said, my, my dad, I said, dad, I, I don't want to do this. And he says, son, this is what's going to help you help the family. So let's mm -hmm. do this together, you know, and helping, like he was actually trying to help me see the bigger reason. It wasn't about $4. It was about helping the family, but my dad helping me push past my comfort zone became a repeating thing in my life. Um, when I was in high school, my parents, in order to make ends meet again, they got a cleaning contract at a restaurant where, you know, we would have to go there at 3.30 in the morning after everything was shut down. And uh, we would basically be cleaning the dirtiest Mexican restaurant you could ever think mm -hmm. of in Montreal. And they had a bar. So I'm not even going to go into what you will find in a bar that yeah. also has Mexican food attached to it. So every morning at 3.30 for a whole year, for actually, this was five years in a row. I think we took one day off a year. That was wow. New Year's Day because they were closed. You know, I would either uh, drive, in, drive in the car with my dad or I would bike myself there when my parents weren't, uh, you know, able to do the work. And I would clean the restaurant with another guy that they, that was part of the business, the little family business. And I hated getting up at 3.30 in the morning and doing that. 
But then later on, I ended up, it became part of my DNA. And yeah. only now do I appreciate uh, that teaching a child to push past their discomfort and to do something for a greater purpose builds this incredible willpower muscle that will serve you the rest of your life. And I share that story because I know when I interviewed you, you shared the story of you and your mom and what your mom taught you. And I know that you have that, right, yeah. Caleb? So you're you're an incredible example of that. And so that's the, I don't know why, that's just the story, Caleb, that came to me right yeah. away about, you know, developing willpower and for yeah. anything you do in life, right? No matter what industry we're in. Yeah, you know, it's super interesting. I, I rarely share this story. I, I talk about, you know, growing up with my parents, teaching me to be proactive and then working at the chicken farm. But actually one of my first jobs that I didn't get paid for was actually working with our neighbor. They had miniature horses. This is, oh, wow. I'm, I'm, sharing, I'm sharing things that people don't know about. Like, Mar I don't think Mariah even knows this about me. I actually showed horses when I was little. And really? Horse trope. Yes, I used to be obsessed with horses. And, but they were like the mini horses. And I, in the morning and evening, would go over, do chores for free, and it just it, it ingrained responsibility into me. And I did that, and, and there were some cold days. I remember my parents got me a little four-wheeler um, within like a year, so I didn't have to walk the whole time. And it was like, there was one time I thought I was going to get stuck. My hands were super cold. And I look back on that time, and I go, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that I, I had a season in my life that I had... I had to get up early and I, and I would, it just ingrained in me that responsibility. The other story that I have shared before is when I, when I was 17 years old and, and got my job at a bank, I was so nervous, Jeremiah, that I, um, a lot of people see me as this extrovert. I, I didn't feel like an extrovert when I was 17, but I left my car on on accident because I was so nervous. My mom helped me write out questions in my notebook and I'm, I'm like, and I realized like I, I'm like reading off the questions to this guy and like within five minutes, he makes me feel so much better. He's like, you know, you know, so but it's just one of those things. It's, it's crazy to think back humble beginnings. And I'm so grateful for people like my my parents to push me to do uncomfortable things. Um, so what got you into the financial service business? So when I was 21, I moved from Montreal to the United States. I ended up first in Brooklyn. Um, okay. Working, yeah, I was welcome in Brooklyn, to America, my friend. <laughs> What's that? I said, "Welcome to America." Yeah. yeah, and it's so funny because you know the the Canadian view of the United States is is really interesting. If you're a Canadian and you look, you're looking on on everything going on, and you know that song. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, right? So that was kind of something in my head at a young age. I was like, "Man, I'm going to go there and see what I can do," and I ended up living in this bombed out apartment that had, you know, it was, there was only one room that wasn't bombed out and it was owned by a family friend and it was, it was jank, man. And I had a little cot and a little table and a half working fridge. And I was living off of peanut butter and apples, mm -hmm. the protein and a fruit, like that's all I could afford. Um, and I had to move back cause they were going to redo the apartment. So I, I had to go back to Montreal and then I ended up in Chicago and in Chicago, uh, at a early morning meeting, so I, by this time getting up early was, like you said, an ingrained responsibility. I met these two guys at a networking meeting uh, uh, on the west side of Chicago. This is before the this is before the uh, West Loop of Chicago was sexy or cool. It's where if you if you read uh, Devil in the White City of all the meatpacking plants, that's where I met them. 
And that's where their office was. And they were a little startup. And uh, I ended up starting to work for them in uh, doing graphic design and uh, trying to do marketing. I, I don't have a degree in marketing or anything like that. And we ended up going into the insurance industry because there was a lot of opportunity. And we ended up stumbling onto the fact that um, insurance agents have a really big problem, which 20 years later still is not fixed. How do I get a constant source of qualified prospects? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's amazing, right? Like, it's still a problem. Like, why is this still a problem? Anyway, that's another conversation for another day. But we ended up um, growing together with, we didn't have any money. It was not a funded startup. It was like everyone bootstrapping it. And I was like, please, I want to stay in the United States, right? So the um, we ended up in seven years later, we were the largest generator of leads um, in the whole country doing 250,000 leads a month. And that company went on to be sold, to become very successful, sold for over a billion dollars to a private equity firm, like wow. literally $1.5 billion it was sold for. And um, then from there, I was uh, brought into another company in the insurance space uh, and helped them turn around their marketing systems. And then from there, I ended up saying, you know what, everything I've learned from these other companies, and I had these two exits, uh, I want to help people. Uh, because my parents were always very entrepreneurial and I love to help entrepreneurs. Uh, and specifically, I said, I'm going to niche myself in this space because I know a lot of people. And uh, that's when, you know, I started uh, Advisorist or what was the early version of Advisorist. And by virtue of that and being invited to speak, you know, we built this awesome tribe of, of what we call Shift Nation, which is insurance and financial advisors that have a real passion for growing and not staying still. And I know you're part of Shift Nation, so I'm so grateful for that. Uh, we're doing a lot of cool stuff with you. Uh, so that's how I got into the space was really by accident. It wasn't intentional at all. So, you know, you have the one side of this business, which is, you know, frontline, I'm closing policies, I'm talking to folks. And then you have the other side, which is this really unknown world of how do you generate prospects? And that's the world that I come from. Uh, and I was kind of, you know, born by fire into that. That's a, that's incredible, man. I, I remember when we talked, I I told Mariah afterwards, I said, I don't know what this, this guy's all about, but I want to do whatever I can to help him because it's very ingrained in your, in your, in your heart and how you show up that you want to serve. And you, you totally nailed it. I mean, there's majority of people in our space. Number one, don't know how to get people to see, which is a huge issue. And then number two, are not actually building a business to scale. They're building a a really a hor horrific job if they're actually successful at, at at point number one. And so you, I, it was really cool that you you saw that you've had experience and then um and then getting into a business that directly uh, impacted. I, I'm just wondering. It, so you really got in this space. You stumbled upon it. Did you were you ever in the meeting with clients or have you always been a part of like the help the kind of behind the scenes helping uh, financial professionals become more successful? Yeah, I've always been behind the scenes. I figured that there are so many people competing to be the advisor of choice. Yeah. Let's go into a pond where we can help them really win yep. with stuff that really works. Right. right. And I remember like, this is another thing about my DNA that I'm just realizing is I remember when I was coming up, like I don't have a marketing degree yet you know, by trial and error and making a lot of uh, like millions of mistakes. 
uh, and spending, you know, spending millions of my own and other people's money that I've made more mistakes than anybody in in the marketing space. So by virtue of just making a lot of mistakes, you have to get better, right? Right. That's right. So, um, I, I realized when I was coming up, I was so thirsty for knowledge. And I know you and I are kindred spirits in that, right? Lifelong students, you know, Tony Robbins talks about being a student of the game, right? Yep. And, and I heard sure. that when I was 20 years old and I was like, I want to be a student of the game. That's what I'm going to be, right. a student of the game. And so I would, I would do anything to learn how to be better at my craft. Oh. And I would learn from, I would try to go anywhere. And what was sorely missing from anything I ever saw is everybody was always general about stuff, right? That's like right. really ivory tower, theoretical stuff. When all I wanted was, what is the step one, two, three that I do? Like, and when I heard that, oh, that step thing, I, my eyes were like, okay, let me go try it out. Most of the time it actually didn't work. But when I found something that worked, I'm like, oh, let me document and save that. And I'll put that into my, you know, my arsenal and let me keep, yeah. keep moving forward. So the um, back to your original question, I know that if I felt that way, I can only imagine how many people must feel that pain where like, how come nobody's just telling me what works? Like, why are you hiding this behind a wall? And, you know, why do I have to sign up to all these things in order to really get the real secret? So I said, why don't we create an, um, uh, a movement around sharing what works openly and honestly with okay. each other? So, okay. you know, now we do these things and you were you were a guest here called the Virtual Advisor Power Hour. So this is something that just started like six months ago when COVID hit. Uh, we invite people on and we share openly without cost. Nobody needs to pay anything to you hear from other advisors what's working um, and how to succeed in their own businesses. And that comes from a core value of, you know, you always want to be the one who outgives everybody. That's right. right? Take your best stuff and give it away. And right. you'll be amazed at how people will just come and say, hey, how can I be a part of it? Like you just... Like I'm honored you want to help support the mission of Shift Nation to be a force for good in our industry, but also a force for good in the world, which is part of the stuff that you and I do privately that we don't really like, hey, look at all the, you know, we don't selfie each other doing cool things to help people. But that's really what our core passion is. I know my family and I know yours as well. That's, there's, there's so many things. I, I remember going through one of my first coaching relationships um, the guy that helped me is said, okay, these are not mistakes. These are, this is, we'll just call this your tuition fund. And my tuition fund's a little bit larger, I'll just say than my, what I spent on college. And, and I think that's a good, that's a good kind of mindset to have. And one of the things that I, I just love asking people, and again, people are getting kind of a different side of me because I'm usually interviewing people about money and this is a little bit different. Um, what is the biggest mistake that you've made and how did you learn from that? I would say for me, writing the book the end asset was one of the best things we ever did. And we made every mistake you could imagine possible. And it's humbling to think, okay, well, we're, we're still like Amazon still ordering the book over two years later, like bulk, you know, because people are buying the book and it's like, wow, that's, that's amazing. That's humbling. And yet my second book could be how not to write a book. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So my biggest mistake uh, it's and, and it goes with your quote. Actually, after that mistake, somebody gave me a quote very similar, which I'll give to you in just a minute. So probably my biggest mistake was when I was uh, 26, uh, 25 years old, I was really on a mission to pay off some debt um, and specifically family debt. Uh, my mom and dad had worked really hard for me to be able to come and uh, to the United States and had supported me for a while until I could get up on my feet. They're just that amazing. 
And I knew that they had incurred some debt to help me do that. So I saw this um, uh, late night infomercial by Carlton Sheets, I think it was. This was the no money down guy, right? Where you could buy this book for $97 <clears throat> on real estate, how to buy properties, no money down. And people were like waving fat checks. I made 13,000, I made 20,000, you know? Um, so I saw that and I didn't, I didn't even have $97 but I had a credit card with a $300 limit, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna order the book. I, I ordered the book, I read everything. The next day I started making calls based on the script in the book. And I started making people offers even though I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, no. <clears throat> and so I started making offers and I, you know, I started making a lot of mistakes. Finally ended up you know, getting a property with no money down in the South side of Chicago, which is also known as Chirac, the most dangerous part of all of Illinois or even the United States, because uh, that's where the all the gangs are. And mm -hmm. so I would go down there and make bids on properties and watch my back, you know, <laughs> everywhere I went. But that's where you could pick up properties for like 10 grand, 15 grand, whatever. So using other people's money, I put a deal together. I did my first house and I flipped it and I had a check for $17,000 which I used entirely to pay off family debt. And that made me feel so amazing. And so now I got on this train. Along the way, I met this guy who, who was also buying houses on the South Side. I'm not gonna say his name, but uh, I met this guy and we ended up partnering up. And he, and he was like, all right, Jeremiah, you're gonna go out there, get the money since you know how to do that. And I'm gonna take care of all the rehabbing. So I was extremely trusting. We had a joint bank account. Money was coming in and out. I had no idea what I was doing with, with money. Nobody ever sat down, taught me anything about money. And fast forward five years later, we had bought, flipped and sold multiple houses, but the bank account had zero, zero dollars. And I had gone out and gotten a doctor and uh, a, an active military soldier, uh, an, an active Marine to invest their savings into this you know, uh, investment program where they would invest and we give them like sick returns, right? And we would just use it and just keep yeah. more properties. But because I was so bad with money and I had no idea what I was doing, I was trusting my partner to that he was never doing anything illegal. What ended up happening is we discovered that he ended up um, taking all the money for himself and, and renting hotels and taking girlfriends there and buying himself stuff and just taking masses amounts of cash. And when I went to my accountant, who was a really sharp guy, um, and I sat down with him and I said, what's going on here, Sanjay? And he goes, your partner is stealing money. And I'm like, no, like I, I had such wow. high denial. There's no way he's doing that. I'm like, no way, not to me. Like I sit down with the guy and we talk about how we want to help people in the community and we're putting families into homes and that they could never afford. And he's like, he's stealing from you. And what you have to do now is forensic accounting to prove it. And I'm like, what's forensic accounting? So he you know, showed me how to do what I, what I had to do. So I learned forensic accounting on my own. Um, I was completely devastated, ended up finding out he ended up embezzling $1.2 million plus all the money that I had, the little money that I had earned up to that point. So I was back to zero. So I went back to Sanjay and I realized everything that I always remember. And I'll always be grateful for him. He's, he, was, he was just a, he, he became like a, he became like a financial mentor to me. Yeah. And one thing he said, he goes, Jeremiah, he goes, you just paid your tuition 
to the best university in the university of experience is that you should appreciate the fact that this happened to you at 29 instead of it happening to you at 59 where you could have lost everything you learned your whole life and you wouldn't have had maybe as big of a roadmap to pick yourself back up. Wow. So that was, that was one of the biggest mistakes, but you know what I, Caleb, you know, truth, truth be told, I don't regret it because all the lessons I learned from that I've always taken, you know, and anytime, like just last year I had somebody, um, you know, steal $15,000 and you know what I learned, I, I went back. I said that was the University of Life. I just paid my tuition there. Mm. Um, all right, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep that and keep going. Wow, wow, yeah, that's uh, good. Thank you for sharing that. I uh, that is now. You know what they say about people who are smart versus people that are wise. Smart people learn from their own mistakes. So you're smart. I'm going to be wise and learn from your own, your mistakes. So. Please do. Please do. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I, I think a lot of times we don't go deep and I really appreciate the uh, authenticity in, in sharing that. Um, Jeremiah, let's, let's talk about what you guys are up to, the Virtual Financial Advisor Summit, what the 2021 is looking and really what COVID really forced us to start doing and, and how to think about our practices. Because mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited about your guys' message and about future partnerships on on working with, with your team to help more people s- serve others. I mean, we're our theme at Better Wealth is all about unlocking intentional living. And intentional living is so special to me. That's why I, I love this industry, because if people can get their money thing figured out, they can they can not only have headspace to be freed up, but they also can just show up more powerfully in every area of their life. When we're talking about um, advisors, um, let's let's talk about what that looks like, and let's talk about this event uh, because there are quite a few people in our industry, or sorry, there's quite a few people like in our world, the Better Wealth world, that are financial professionals that have been reaching out and saying, Caleb, I like I, I want your help here. What's your thoughts here? And I like. I want to figure out the best way to serve them. And I think you're giving me the ability to do that. And so for, for that, let's talk about what that looks like and how are people winning right now? Great. So that's a lot to unpack. So let's talk about 2021. Where's the industry going? So as you know, I don't think I'm saying a secret here, and this is not a knock to anybody in particular. It's just that this industry is usually three to five years behind uh, every other space that's innovating. Right. I think the innovation in our space in insurance and financial services usually happens in technology. So fintech, robo advising, that's innovative. But what doesn't innovate as fast is uh, scalability, business growth, um, marketing techniques, digital marketing specifically. So I was raised on digital marketing. So that's kind of what my passion is and where we feel we help a lot of people. But I think what uh, the lockdown has done, the pandemic, is it's forced an industry that has relied on face-to-face meetings, especially face-to-face seminars, right? Like outside of real estate, I don't know any other space that relies on in-person seminars so greatly in order to grow their business. So this industry that I've been, you know, shouting, hey, digital virtual for years, wrote a book about it, um, called Shift, right? Which is why it's called Shift Nation. I've been saying, hey guys, there's a much better way. Now it's kind of forced everybody to come into the virtual space, uh, whether you were ready for it or not. And there's been people like you and the whole Better Wealth team, which is what I love what you guys are doing. Have you you intentionally set that out 
when you got started. You're like, we're going to start this to be a virtual practice we can run anywhere in the world. Right. And kudos to you. You've done that. And there's a small tribe of people that have been doing that, but they are less than, I would say, 3% of the entire insurance or financial advisor population. So what we've seen is everybody's looking for solutions now to go virtual. So that's why we created uh, one month after lockdown started. So I think the first announcements went out in, in March, April. May, uh, beginning of May, we did the first virtual financial advisor summit. We had 6,000 advisors come and attend. We did that with our partners, Broadridge Advisor Solutions, which is a $100 million company that's part of a billion dollar entity, which um, helps over 40,000 advisors with their websites. So we teamed up our education here with Advisorist and Broadridge's experience in the digital space uh, to put on the summit for free. It was a massive give back to the industry to say, you know what? These folks don't know what to do. Let's help them out. Let's bring in the best speakers. And, you know, guess, and I think everybody thought this would be over by the spring or the, sorry, they thought it'd be over by the fall of 2020 or certainly by the winter, but we can see that that's not changed. So we are doing another one, um, May the, sorry, February 10th, Wednesday, where you're gonna be speaking. And we've got some amazing speakers lined up. If you don't mind, I just wanna share just a few highlights. Thank you. So we have uh, Michael Keitzis, a big writer in the space, a financial advisor himself. We have um, some folks from Facebook that are coming to share how are people talking about money on Facebook and what do they look like? We have uh, employee number one from money.com, which is one of the most highly trafficked websites in the world around money. We have um, Ed Slot, who's America's IRA expert, who's done multiple PBS specials. I think he's one of the guys who's raised the most money for PBS um, you know, by doing his retire, uh, his retirement strategies uh, uh, keynotes with PBS. Tom Hagna, who's also been on PBS, uh, and uh, Bill Cates, who's written an amazing book called Radical Relevance. And then we have amazing speakers like you, Caleb, and others that have, were already virtual that we're bringing to this experience right. so that advisors can hear success stories and tactical things on the ground. What's working on Facebook? What's working on LinkedIn? What's working on Instagram? What's working with cold email? How do you do virtual meetings that actually convert to sales? All those tactical things that everyone wants to know, but nobody's really talking about will be openly exposed and free for everybody who wants to attend on uh, February 10th. So thanks for letting me do a little plug for that. Uh, it's a big give back. And last year, uh, for people who ended up getting a VIP ticket, we donated a portion of that. As you know, you know, my wife and I, our vision is to be a force for good in the world. We fed, uh, we gave away 50,000 meals as a result of that summit. And we're going to do the same thing again this year. So it's about helping yourself, but also coming and helping others. What else, what, what else is there to say, man? I, I appreciate the you articulating that. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube or if you're listening to this later on our podcast, go to the show notes or the YouTube description. You can actually get a link um, to come free uh, to this event. Um, this is one of the perks that I get as being a speaker. Um, I get people in our community to come, come for free. And I just want to point out Tom Hegna, Ed Slot. You said some other big names. Like those are... You, you have a great event if you can get one of those, mm -hmm. one person. I don't I mean, it, it's just a testimony to who you are and the relationships that you have and, and just the, the partners that you have partnered with. Congrats, man. I, I mean, I 
<laughs> yeah, that's incredible. And I, I know it's going to provide a ton of value. And what, what I love that you're doing is you're not only bringing in some powerhouses, but you're also the focus is, yeah, well, let's bring you in and let's also like really help you w- like with where you're where you're at. And I'll tell you this, the virtual space is one of those things that once you once you take it, like taste it, there's no going back. Even even like there, I will be the kind of person if I'm in the neighborhood with a person that wants to become a client of Better Wealth, I would much rather meet with them virtually and then go hang out with them afterwards. I actually think the virtual, you can be a, you can serve people better virtually. And if you are someone in the, in the space that disagrees with me, please have an open mind and come February 10th to the Virtual Financial Advisor Summit. Um, man, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for being willing to come and share your secret sauce too. I know that that's something that if you guys want to hear the business side of what Caleb does, because Caleb, you've done a great job of educating the consumer world on, you know, money. And, uh, but if, if people are interested on how Caleb has built a remarkable business, we have a session with Caleb and some other folks that have done really well in this space. And, you know, regardless of what business you're in, yeah, all the content is geared towards financial advisors and higher level insurance agents. But if you're just got a business mind and you're watching this or you're listening to this, you're going to walk away with some really cool ideas as well and learn what's on the bleeding edge of our space, which you can then go and, you know, reverse engineer and apply it to yours. I love it. And any other, any other trends that you're seeing in 2021? I know that you're very bullish on LinkedIn. Is there any, is any other things that you're seeing that you're like, this is working. And for, for those people that are watching, whether you're in the financial space or you're very interested in getting in, very relevant to to highlight. Yeah, so it's um, what's happening is the the as a whole the industry is aging, and a lot of advisors are aging out of the space, which creates a nice opportunity for younger advisors that want to get in and establish a career. And there's going to be books of business that are available. Uh, to take on. And a lot of these older advisors are looking for some younger blood to come into the space. So I know for a long time, Caleb, this industry has been seen as kind of a an older person's game, you know, and, and, and sadly, there's been, you know, a lot of, you know, life insurance agents in particular have been the butt of a lot of people's jokes. Like nobody wants to be the life insurance agent at the party that, you know, you think you're going to get prospected. But if you, if you come into the space in an elevated way, and I would encourage anybody listening to watch the way that you do your, you operate your business, which is the preeminent way to do it, it is an, a business where you get so much uh, personal rewards from seeing people uh, grow because touching people's money is one of the most private things in the world uh, because it is the source of the greatest stress, but it can also be the source of the greatest opportunity in people's lives. And when you can have a role in helping them sort something that is is a is a mystery to them it's incredibly rewarding as a person and when you actually get across all of the rhetoric and you talk to financial advisors and insurance agents you actually see these are the these are the people who have the biggest hearts they will go to the ends of the earth to help somebody sometimes to their detriment right some many of them don't know when to say no because all they love to do is help people so you're going to meet a group of people a tribe who are truly genuine about helping their neighbors Um, So one of the trends we've seen um, is the rise of uh, effectiveness of LinkedIn as a source for uh, prospecting. We have tons of case studies of advisors and agents who have had a lot of success on LinkedIn 
because LinkedIn is a business network. And that's where you start to see the psychology of social media start to take a, uh, a really keystone role in determining where you're going to spend your time. So think about it, uh, Caleb, you know, uh, you're on, you got your phone here, you're on Facebook, your mind is in a certain mode, right? Then you go to the gram and your mind is in a certain mode. You go to Twitter, it's in a different mode. But when you go to LinkedIn, kind of something shifts in the brain where it's like business, yep. right? I'm going, I'm doing business right now. And so the, um, uh, the response rates of folks when you have, it's properly crafted and you have a good message, uh, which is what we help people do, part of what we do, um, you really see that folks respond to that. And uh, there's a recent study that was done in, uh, together with LinkedIn that showed that high net worth individuals, 76% of them go to LinkedIn to research financial decisions, and they're looking for insights from financial professionals to help them out. And that's more than they go to Facebook. That's more than they go to any other social network uh, to get advice. So if you guys are looking for money advice, first, you got to call Better Wealth. That's for sure. <laughs> But then if you want to if you want to check against or whatever you're doing research, LinkedIn is a great place. Right. And it's kind of a blue ocean because still many people have forgotten about it and they don't realize the power of LinkedIn. So that's just one of the key trends. And we'll be talking about some of the advanced methods that um, have actually changed in the last two months and cool. how that's impacting success on LinkedIn at the summit. Yeah, and th this is one of the things that I'll be taking notes because that that's the thing is no matter how quote-unquote successful you are, you always can learn. And LinkedIn is an area that when I post, I get crazy engagement. So, I mean, we we had a virtual agent workshop last year right before COVID, and we posted something on LinkedIn, and we filled a room of 50 people, right? So that shows you the power of that. And yet, yeah. and yet I don't have any system on how to use that. And I just think that's that's an example of what most people are doing in all of their business. It's just kind of like they're throwing at the wall and seeing what sticks. And that's what I love about um, just being being in a community of people that are experts that get our business. Because I think there's quite a few people that go, hey, do this thing, this thing, but you don't actually know how our business works. And that's a that's another great example. And so if any of this interests you at all, make sure to go Check out the link below in YouTube, or if you're listening to this on podcast, go check out the description in the podcast and sign up for free. Um, and we'll see you February 10th. Jeremiah, is there anything else that you want to say? Uh, and then I want to end on what I end all the podcasts with, uh, my legacy question. But is there anything else you want to say about our time together and any any last any last words? It just, I'm extremely grateful to be here. I want to say thank you to you and uh, Mariah is a great talent who's there with you as well. And it's, it's so encouraging to be with uh, other forward thinking, you know, folks in the industry. And it's, it's an honor to be part of this uh, better wealth podcast that you guys are, are driven to help people with an area that I know I need a lot of that, uh, help in as, as a young guy, and I'm still studying and learning from other experts as well. Um, just thank you for what you're doing, Caleb, keep up the amazing work and, we're really excited. I know we even talk about some of the projects that you and I are going to work on, but I'm sure there'll be another episode we can devote to that uh, in the future. But uh, we're the whole team at Advisorist is really excited to collaborate with uh, what you guys are doing and bringing it to the world. I love it, man. And just to get, throw out a little teaser, in 2021, we're going to be collaborating with you around this concept of scale. And mm -hmm. it, I may not get all the green check marks for marketing and, and things, but we as a company have really tapped into something really powerful. I've never been, I've never bought into the 
sit on the beach and not do anything. But I have been bought into if we're going to make an impact, if we're going to unlock intentional living and we actually mean it, we need to create a system that that works whether whether I get up or not. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it's it's crazy to see how we've grown as a team. And I I give props to my amazing team. I know you've met some of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I feel like we're just getting started and it feels so it feels amazing to be able to share the good, the bad, the ugly um, with uh, a community of people that are very like minded. Uh, Jeremiah, the, the, the uh, question that I love to end all my podcasts with when I'm interviewing someone is the legacy question. And the legacy question goes like this. This is your last day on Earth and you're with the, the people that you love the most and you can't give them anything tangible but this last conversation. What would that conversation be focused on? It would be me thanking them for every moment that impacted me that I never had a time to thank them for. And that's something that I've been working on myself is I just the other day, one of the one of the things I'm doing over the next 90 days is every day I'm connecting with somebody who means something to me and I'm telling them why they mean something to me and how they mean something to me. In fact, just this morning, um, I, I know I have a missionary friend who's out in Africa and I send him a two minute message to tell him, you know, how much he inspires me and what his work means for me. And he's under lockdown and he's doing everything he can to help people uh, despite that through Zoom, like encouraging hundreds of people with a Swahili translator. I was like, man, you have no idea how inspiring that is to me uh, when he could have gone off and done anything in his business. He sold his company and then he says, I'm gonna go and help people. So I hope that by the time that conversation comes around, Caleb, that moment around the bed, that uh, it would just be things I forgot to mention because hopefully I intentionally worked out my life where I can remind people I'm not, you know, it's something new that I'm doing to just be more intentional about showing gratitude. Not not like, you know, I think we all have moments where we're like, I really appreciate that guy, but we never tell him. Yeah. We never tell that person. So yeah. if there's one last thing I can wa- tell any listener that'll make any difference in your personal life today is if there's somebody in your life right now that came to mind that you're grateful for, or they did something in a small way, pull over the car, get off the treadmill, and just send them a text or call them even better and just say, look, I'm, I was just thinking about you, uh, that day when you did that thing for me, you know, it always comes back to me, but I, I didn't want another day go by without you knowing that you had an impact on me and your life will change when you get to a place like that, where you're just like always looking to thank somebody, all of a sudden you have this attitude of abundance and all those little squiggly problems that keep interrupting your flow kind of disappear because you're like, that was what real life is like. It's about humans. It's about people. That's what real life is about. Because at the end of the day, you just said you're surrounded with the people that matter most, not the things that you bought, <laughs> right? Right. So it's hopefully that, that's, the, that's the answer. That's the answer I got, Caleb. <laughs> there, there's so many things I could say to that, but I'm just going to say I agree because I 100% agree and I don't want this to be double the time. This <laughs> is so... Thank you. Thank you for sharing. How can people uh, tap into what you're doing and how can like any any ways that they can follow up and, and join this virtual event? Thanks. No. So, you know, you've been great to allow us to come on and talk about this event, uh, virtual FA. I mean, all the links actually are going to be yeah. all over the notes. So just use those links. 
Um, if you're a financial advisor or an insurance agent and you're looking for that kind of help, come to the summit. Just you're going to enjoy. There's no cost. Sit back, block out the day, grab your favorite beverage, have your dog or your pet right beside you and just watch and learn and be inspired with everybody there. If you're looking for some more help before that, you could check out my book on Amazon called Shift, uh, Digital Marketing Secrets of Insurance and Financial Advisors. Um, you could, there's basically, I wrote all the best recipes to generate high quality prospects in short time. I put all of that in the book or check us out at advisorist.com where we've got tons of blog posts that are almost like mini courses of themselves that we give away to, to help you make a difference in your own business. So, uh, yeah, or hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm most active on LinkedIn. Don't hit him <laughs> up on Instagram because no, I'm kidding. Yeah, right. uh, Jeremiah, thank you so much for being a go-giver. I know that this is not going to be the last time you're on. Uh, thank you again for letting me be uh, sharing the stage with so many rock stars. I'm excited to see so many of our uh, family members, audience, community, at uh, February 10th at, at the Virtual Advisor Summit. Uh, and with that, go out and have an intentional Friday. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.